I look forward to seeing you in church. God bless. Yes, so the president has spoken to calm us down. But usually when the president speaks, it makes us more anxious. <laughs> like we were joking that we were like feeling okay until Prime Minister Lee Hsien Long made his video. We're like, oh, he's serious now. Because he came out and then the president made one. Like, oh, he's serious now. But I think it's, it's a time where it's normal to feel anxious. And uh, as has been shared, we're trying our best to, to maintain the service and to protect everybody. So one of the things well, we have to do from next week onwards is we're not going to provide uh, fellowship lunch. In fact, we're discouraging um, people from staying back and gathering for lunch altogether. So if you want to still bring food, I would uh, suggest that you meet in somebody's house, but not in big groups, not in big groups. Today, we'll still be providing bento lunches. So pick up a pack and eat, or you can bring it home to eat with you. So that's today's the last um, fellowship lunch is not our SDEC culture, right? We are known to provide good food at lunches, but because of the current situation, we have to be sensitive to that, and we will not have lunch until we further notice, and we'll let you know when we'll resume, and we pray that it'll be very soon. The title today is called Looking Up, and uh, in fact, what inspired it was not looking up, was looking down. Uh, yesterday, I was driving past, you know the... What, what day is yesterday? You realize, like, yesterday was Friday. <laughs> no. You realize everything's pink today. You know, the hand sanitizer was pink, the bulletin's pink, your sticker's pink, um, not pink dot. But it's Valentine's Day yesterday, and I, and I realized one thing was really funny. It's fun because my window watched uh, directly across to Fai's Flora. Despite code V19, people are, like, really scared, don't do crowd. Yesterday, the crowd at Far East Flora was non-stop. I'm sure a lot of husbands forgot and was there trying to find hope. Uh, and there are a lot of people there queuing up for, for flowers. And I, I, to, like, I was driving down from Thompson Road and the cars were parked all along and it came out. And it was blocking the bus and I was just like, guys, be prepared, right? Um, so it's interesting that despite the fear, despite the current situation, because of love, it overcame that. Or it could be a greater fear. I don't know. <laughs> but fear is a crazy thing. As Uncle Fred Long shared just now, uh, it can paralyze. It can cause irrationality. It can make us do things that we normally won't do, think things that we normally don't think, and, and react in a way we normally would not react. But it's understandable. Because given the current news that we get, you know, they say this time round is, is scarier than SARS, not because of the virus, but because of internet. You know, Google News, and then you get WhatsApp, you got forwarded all these crazy things that all of us are just going to die yesterday, but we didn't. You know, it's scary. Information itself can be very scary. And if you don't know, especially when you have, you're bombarded by so much information, you can't tell what is real, what is not real. You, you, you just simply choose to just accept all because you're scared. Because you're scared. Uh, this is what, of what happened, you know, like the, 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 
being changed and uh, uh, to orange, and there was news going out that uh, that actually, if you trace it, it originated from Hong Kong when they had their panic, when there's no more paper, there's no more rice supply. You no, know. people were ran out and they just grab everything there is in the stores. Uh, even I, I heard one interview, and this friend says, "I never eat instant noodle, but I will get few boxes just in case." And um, so, so I went the day after, not to buy stuff, just for fun. I wanted to see how bad it was at the Giant, the Singshong, and the FairPrice near my house. So I went there, and I, I went in, and there was others like me. I heard conversations like, you know, yesterday I came, it was crazy. The queue was up to here. And I, I'm like, Uncle, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know, we went in, and, and they haven't restocked yet in Singshong that I went. And the whole row, the whole row, it spans... The entire Sengxiong, there was one entire of instant noodle, empty. And I'm like, wow. But there was one pack left. And I looked at the uncle. Uncle, look at me. Now nah, you can have it. <laughs> like, like, like crazy stuff happened. And, and, and toilet paper. Why? Worst come to worst, right? Why? <laughs> in China. Uh, and it's amazing because uh, somebody came to ESDEC and uh, actually uh, ESDEC has a, a person who donated a lot of toilet paper a couple of months ago, about in, in November. And somebody came in like, Pastor James, you want to grab? I said, no, God provided. <laughs> months before he knew people would be grabbing toilet paper, he gave us a whole stock. I know. But then at the same time when there's fear and craziness, in irrationality, there is beauty and love. This is what happened in uh, Pongo. Pongo, uh, the block directly across from our dear friend Lionel C. Uh, so there's people who actually, in the midst of deprivation of uh, face mask and, and, and no hand sanitizer, people actually voluntarily put it in the lift for people to use. And they even have like cute face masks. They got cute design and, 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 and to share the love that, that they, 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 they wanted to show people in the midst of this current situation. And I called Lionel. I said, hey, Lionel, is it only that block? He said, no, 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 no. Right after that, the next day, my block had it too. And then it started spreading around the block. And you saw from the photo that Uncle Fred shared, they went to the MRT station and they started giving out of this face mask to those who, who don't have. When there's fear, there's love. You know, in the midst of fear, the thing to overcome fear is, it's not courage, it's not boldness, it's, it's not bravery. The scripture tells us that the thing that we need to overcome fear is love. In 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears have not been perfected in love. And you look at that like, wow, I, I want to have love to overcome fear, but I'm not perfect. I'm not perfected in love. So, I, you know, what is this I'm feeling? You know, there's strange, crazy things that I've been hearing. I get text messages nonstop of people freaking out. And, 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 and there was one that I was particularly offended personally when it says, is God punishing us? Do you believe that? That God is causing pestilences on these stubborn-necked people because they would not repent. 
And I was going to react. I was going to write a whole dissertation back to this person. Right? I was just like, whoa, you know, what is going on? I decided to reply with three words. I said, I love you. The guy just stopped. I don't think the God that we serve, the God who, who, who continuously has shown himself to us is a God who is vengeful, who finds a little thing that we do and then comes straight on us and just pour out his vengeance and, 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 and punishes his people. That is not the God I know. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. The scriptural love that, that, descri- that is described is not an emotion. It's not what people yesterday feel. They're like, oh, I feel emotionally happy. The word is eros, the, the, for love. Um, and it's not even filial, where you feel love for a brother or for your family. The scripture says that, that the perfect love that's being described is agape. And agape is not a, a, a feeling, it's not a knowledge. The agape is a person. You cannot want agape. You cannot want more of agape. To agape more is no such there's no such thing. It says that love must be perfected, not because you need to work your way and do more and learn how to love more so that you can push out and remove this part of you called fear. No, when he says perfected, is the word there talks about a bottle being filled and when it's perfect, it's filled to the brim. And how do you fill to the brim with love? You allow love to move in. I grew up praying, say, God, I want to love more. Help me be a more loving person. James, by default, is not very loving. James, by default, is very punitive, very judgmental, very right and wrong, and black and white growing up. I was like, this is this, this is that, this is correct, this is not wrong. Uh, it, it's helpful for my career when I could see problems. I have an innate problem of my personality that I went for psychological testing and it's shown that it's me. It's not a bad thing. But I just see bad before seeing good. So when you're a, a consultant, you're wonderful. Let me tell you what's wrong with your company. Everything. You know, I could list out, write reports and things. But it's also who I am that I realize it, I, I, I unknowingly bring it across to my relationship with people. I, I always look at things people can get better at. That's how I frame it. That's how I think. You, know, you should improve on that. But I realized that then I keep telling people you're not good enough. Not good enough. You need to improve on that. You can get better. You are not living up to your potential, man. Sounds good, but it's not really. And so I said, God, help me to love more as a person. Love more. What can I do to love more? So I'll... I'll, I'll I'll check the way I talk. I'll check the way I, the tone of my voice, the, the things that I say, or I'll intentionally do things, buy gifts. And I'm like, no, 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 those are all external. Then I realized the prayer has to change. Don't help me love more. Help me receive love more. 
Help me receive Jesus into my life more because it's not me who's loving. It's Jesus loving through me. So I need to let Jesus take control more of my life. What do you mean by that, James? I can't tell you how it works, but it's a decision you have to make. Uh, Some of you know that I was a lifeguard, and people think lifeguard have the best job, right? Like you go to work at 6 a.m. and say, you're paid to sit on the chair and look at water. (laughs) Be water, my friend. Just look at the water, especially when I told you when I work, I, I, smart, right? I work only on weekdays because nobody can work weekdays. They all can only work weekends. So I'm like, no problem. I work weekday, I work every day. Who goes to Pasir Ris NTUC Resort on a Wednesday afternoon? <laughs> Nobody, right? So I just sit there and then, um, but working on weekday comes then you, 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 you get lost in a time of just sitting there and all that, and you don't realize it's school holiday. And then you still work weekdays. Oh, then the thing changed. People come and I say, oh, why is all this family is coming in? Oh, it's school holiday. Oh, no, I'm on shift for the next two weeks. And, and you get just kids coming. And I had three, because weekday, the good and bad of weekday. The good of weekday, usually nobody comes. And because nobody comes, they put one lifeguard on duty and not two. And there's three pools. One children pool, one children play pool, and then the adult pool. I have two eyes. And then so I realized I have to... Then you get family with different age group. You get the toddler, the primary school kids, and the adults who decide to go to three different pools. Parents don't do that. Don't leave your kid in the infant pool and go swim by yourself. Thinking is very shallow. Kids can drown in 50 centimeters of water. And so I'll be there, I'll be like... But the thing is, I realized that you kind of start to notice dangerous people. Kids who like to run as if they are free from their parents and they go, ah, then you know, oh, 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 oh. So I got so good at spotting kids who's going to do stupid that I, w- I could see them from the and I'll look at them, I'll keep staring at them and, and I'll just... My peripheral vision got really good. I could see everything at the same time. But then there's some kids that you just need to watch. And sure enough, there's one kid who go, ah, past the infant pool, ah, primary pool, towards the deep adult pool. Ah, yay! Immediately, I jumped in. Because the next thing I know, The Bible has a similar story. Take me to Matthew 14. We know this story, but do you know the story? In Matthew 14, verse 22, grown man, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed the crowd, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. 
But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. It's strange, huh? Still believe in ghosts. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Then Peter, Peter. And Peter answered him, Lord, note the key word, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sing. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So this story, you read this story and say, wow, amazing. Jesus walking on water. Peter tried to walk on water. Peter sucked. Peter sank and Jesus came, saved him. Jesus, awesome. Jesus, wonderful. But did you realize that before that even happened, that Jesus asked the disciples to go, go out, he's going to dismiss the crutchy? That was not the only reason. Do you remember what happened just before this? His cousin was just beheaded. John the Baptist, the guy he kind of grew up with, who understood who he was, who he didn't really have to explain himself to, has just been killed. So not only that, he needed to dismiss the crowd, he needed to go up to the mountain by himself to pray, to ask for strength. See, Jesus exemplifies for us followers of Christ today what we can and should feel and what we need to do about it. Jesus is not one who doesn't understand sadness, doesn't want to understand fear, doesn't understand confusion. Jesus, at a point where his cousin was beheaded, praised him. But at the same time, had to hold on to something that emotionally I can tell you he doesn't feel was the answer. He knew what was right, but I bet he was feeling all the crazies. And he needed to go time, go up to the mountain, spend time with God alone and says, God, I need strength. Where are you going for your strength in the midst of this crisis. Buy more masks. Store up more hand sanitizers. Washing your hands more. Avoiding human beings altogether. Have you gone to God? Have you asked Him, Lord, why is this happening? Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? What do I do in this time? Even Jesus needed that. We seem to think that Jesus doesn't, has that automatically he will be filled with faith and courage to do what he needed to do, filled with love. He himself needed to seek God for strength. And when he was walking on the water, coming to him, imagine you've just come from a place where your own cousin who, 
who really trusted and understood you had just gone and passed away, and you come to your disciples thinking they would be the one that fill up that gap, and immediately they look at you and says, Ghost! And you knew at that moment that they don't understand. They don't know who you are. The person that you think could rely on, you can't. Thankfully, they change quickly, and in his word, he says, It is I. Do not be afraid. In his time of emotional turmoil, he, was still, he still had the strength to comfort his disciples. And at that point, his favorite disciple, not really, like the guy who, who has the most faith, who claims to have the most faith, comes and says, Jesus, if it's you, if it's you, I'm not sure, but if it's you, prove yourself. Let me walk on water. And Jesus says, come. It's okay, come. But do you realize where Jesus was? Jesus was not sitting in the comfort of the boat. He was not in the safety of the boat. He was in the waves. You know that the wave only stopped when Peter and Jesus got back to the boat the Bible was not wasting well before that, saying the wind was against the boat. It was crazy wave. Jesus was already in the storm, showing that God can empower him to walk in the midst of the storm. He doesn't invite Peter into the safety of the boat or the safety of land. He invites Peter to the crazy dangers of the waves. But he says, even with the waves, you're going to walk on it. Hey, many times as Christians, we think we should be in peace, comfort, no trouble. There should be no COVID-19. There should be no quarantine, no LOA. There should be no economy crisis. There should be no business going bankrupt. Continuously, the scriptures show us God is not present outside of these troubles. But in fact, again and again and again, God is in the midst of the trouble before you and I are even there. But He's saying, Don't worry, because I'm already here. Come, let's walk together. The continuous choice of God to walk with mankind was not new, it started in the Garden of Eden. Knowing that they would get in trouble, he walked with them daily, trying to prepare them not to fall prey to the devil. But when the devil tricked Eve and Adam, he didn't avoid them. He didn't shun them. The very first thing Jesus did was to dare be there walking with them again. I don't know what hardship all of you may be facing. You may have some members, friends, families who are on the front line and you're worried sick about them. Or you may have family somewhere else, not in Singapore, who are actually sick from the virus. Some people, maybe some of you, your business is affected. You don't even dare to think about what's going to happen after this. But God says, I'm not going to remove the trouble, but I'm going to be there with you to walk through it. Love is not a stem of no conflict. In fact, most people who are married, been in a relationship for a long time, tells you 
sometimes you need those conflicts to grow closer. Some things are never not spoken. I remember me and Tiffany, she doesn't like me talking about her, but I'll talk about it one more time. It's online, she's, she's watching. <laughs> like, like, there's certain things that doesn't come out until you get angry. Right? Just be honest. Suddenly you're angry, you say, you know, I really hate the way you wash dishes. <laughs> What's wrong with the way I wash dishes? That's not a real, that's just an example. <laughs> I don't hate the way she washes dishes. And then he comes out, and then he's like, then you get angry, you fight, but then after you, you come down a little bit, you're like, why do you hate the way I wash dishes? You always wet the whole floor. Ah. And then you stop wetting the floor, and then you, you love each other more, you care for each other more, but sometimes it's necessary, because humans, we bury, we... We think cordialness is love. No. Honesty is love. It says, come. And when Peter got distracted, when Peter saw the circumstance, he got afraid. He was fearful and he started sinking. I can tell you how many comments I've heard about people saying, God has abandoned me because I've sinned against him. Peter took his eyes off Jesus and he said, don't take your eyes off Jesus. See, that's the problem. That's human, man. You try walking in the wave. Like looking down, he says, sharks? Maybe not. It's like big fish. I'm going to show me fish of Peter. It looks very scary. I mean, he's just swimming under you. He's just walking on it and you go, and you look. you're not like intentionally trying to take your eyes off Jesus. I don't look at you. No, it's not. You're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you know, you're sinking. And this virus that we're dealing with now can do that. <gasps> Wash hands. <gasps> Sticker. <gasps> Scan temperature. <gasps> Wear mask. <gasps> Cough. Forget Jesus. So tense, so anxious, cannot sleep. I actually dreamt about checking temperature this morning last night. Man, I was like, okay, tomorrow morning. <laughs> and then I, I dreamt it and I woke up. <gasps> Hasn't started yet. Oh, man. <laughs> the mind, when you think about something too much, it becomes reality. I don't think Peter intentionally took his eyes off Jesus. God doesn't punish us for like that. And Peter had the right reaction. No matter what you say, he took his eyes off Jesus. He had the right reaction. Because the first thing he says, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. What's your first reaction? I love how beautiful the next verse is. Lord, save me. Jesus didn't go, ha, see, take your eyes off me. See, sink, sink. But we think about God like that, you know? We think he's like vindictive. No, the next verse says immediately, but immediately, the second immediate, the first immediate was when they were fearful. He says, it is I, don't be afraid. Then Peter is sinking, fearful, Lord save me immediately. Second time, in one story, very important. Immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him. Wait, imagine that. Did you picture that? Peter was walking towards Jesus. He took his eye off Jesus. He was sinking. Next thing, Jesus was right there. We always think we have to make the effort to walk towards God. But God was sprinting towards Peter. 
One step Peter took, Jesus was like, come to his side, knowing that it's going to happen. So easy to fall into this kind of distraction. Lord, save me. As his hand go up, I tell you, immediately Jesus' hands came down. What you going to do in times like this? Are you going to call to a God who actually can do something about your life? Who is love? Not have love. Who is love? Who have the ability to immediately drive out your fear? You're not going to feel better immediately, but cognitively you have to choose to say, God, I'm not going to let fear reign in my life. I'm not going to let the circumstance reign in my life. I'm going to let you, who is love, reign in my life and let you drive out the fear. Not by what I do, but what you can do. Honestly, Christians are very helpless. And that's a good thing because a lot of things, if it's up to me, I won't be able to do it. I says, God, even till today, though we may not be walking on actual lake and sinking actual water, God is reaching out from heaven and says, call out and I'm here for you. So as that, if you face fears, troubles, uncertainty about your future. I have nothing else to offer you but Jesus.